Hey there, and welcome along to what is the penultimate episode in Season 2 of the Think Curiously podcast. Now, before we get into this episode, I want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, Garth Fox, and his performance support program, Backbone. Without his sponsorship, we wouldn't be able to produce the quality that we're producing and increase the content. So it's so much appreciated that somebody's came along with that foresight uh, to push the episodes and to push the podcast to the next level. Now, how many times have you set yourself goals uh, then allowed those goals to be to run away from you and you never really achieved that success that you so wished? You see, most people only focus on improving certain areas of their life, their career, their health, their relationships. But in reality, success in one area does not necessarily guarantee success in another. So true success comes with alignment, and that's where Backbone was created. It was created to achieve success in 12 fundamental areas of your life, from your health, fitness, emotional life, career, social life, and character. We always talk about life, and sport in particular, being a performance. So why don't you have a support system in place so that you can perform? And that's what Garth's Backbone program will allow you to do. Now, it would be awesome if you have listened to this podcast or listened to previous podcasts that you could head over to Facebook and Instagram and follow and interact with Garth to give him the same support that you've shown this podcast. I've been reflecting recently and I feel that what we're doing here with the podcast is we're building a community of thinkers. Those people that challenge thinking, change perspectives and we're all on this journey together and your support of the podcast to date has been the fuel that keeps pushing us forward. The outpouring of love and support that Chrissy's episode from the last week has has gotten has been hugely positive, so supportive and caring, and it's actually inspired Chrissy now to think about what direction he's going to take his story in terms of how he can further increase the reach and look at producing some further episodes, some catch-up episodes, but also doing his own thing with a potential mental health outreach program and charity. So it's been hugely supportive and motivated in that respect. The tide of positivity that we give to others by giving our time, listening to their stories, is what I feel being a thinker is all about. And so thank you for being part of that. To help us grow this community, it would be great if you could rate us on whatever streaming platform you're listening, as well as leaving us a review on Facebook. The listenership that we're building here has real potential for inspiration. Now, that we've got that out of the way, time to get on to the show. I don't think you've probably heard anything like this before. This week, I am so privileged to have been able to chat with 91-year-old Robbie Hare. And as you'll hear, he lives his life with the vigour and motivation of a 19-year-old. At 91, Robbie has just released his first ever music album. Not satisfied with that, he's now planning album number two, as well as starting to write his autobiography. So sit back, enjoy this week's episode of the Think Curiously podcast. Hello and welcome along to this week's episode of the Think Curiously podcast. Today I'm delighted to be joined by father and son Robbie and Peter Hare, all the way from Lurgan. Now, before we start, uh, I'm not going to give some big introduction to this because I don't think I can do the story justice. So, man, I want to first of all thank you for giving up your time to come on the podcast today. And uh, basically, what we're going to do is just explore your story, Robbie, your sort right. of life and yeah. childhood through work. And then eventually, how this came about, right. this this album that I have in my hand uh, by Robbie, which was produced before Christmas, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. So, Robbie, just start us off. Take us back to 
where you grew up and, and how your childhood was? Well, I was born, I was just born a short distance from here in the house. In actual fact, it was my grandmother's, my grandfather's house. And uh, for some unknown reason, I was left there. Although my father and mother lived in a, in a district in Lurgan in Sloan Street, and then particular days, I don't think the 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 hospital done much midwifery. It was usually the nurse was sent to those who were expecting babies. And I take it for granted that the nurse was sent to this house that I'm talking about, my grandmother's house. And that's where I was born on the 27th of July, 1929. Just for the purposes of anybody listening or even watching in the video, we are sat in Peter's house. That's right, yeah. Right? And directly next door yeah. is Robbie's house. Yeah. But the fascinating thing is, that is where you grew up as that's well, right. Peter. Yeah, yeah. You grew up in this street. And if you, I don't know if you know much about Lurgan, but where we're at, we can see the four spears. Yeah, so four churches. Four yeah. churches. We can see a school out front. But no, that was, the school certainly wasn't, and the buildings that were out there weren't here when you were a child, were they, Robbie? No, they weren't. What, what was here? Was it just desolate? There was only a small lane here. Well, that's what, that's what they called it, Lower Tarbicuni. It was a Lower Tarbicuni Lane, it was called in them days. Just just to 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 just to, to to grant one car one car was allowed to come up the lane. You couldn't have, two cars couldn't have passed each other. And in actual fact there was only three houses at one stage in this lane. The two next door to me and, and my grandmother's house. Yeah. And you see that the house next door, the one you live in? Yes. Were you brought up there as well? I was brought up there as well, yes. Wow. How long, how long has that been here then? The, the thing was, when when I was born and when I started to grow up with my grandmother, they decided that they would take me back to my mother's father's house right. in Stone Street, and that's the way over there. And when I could have stood at my gate there and looked right across to Lurgan Hospital, and there wasn't a house there. The Mournview estate that definitely wasn't, there was nothing there. There was only three houses in the place that I lived in. And for some unknown reason, some people thought that there was a row between my mother and father and my grandma, but that never happened. It, I, I never tried to find out about that when I should have maybe found out about it, so I don't know much about it at the minute, but I, I hazard a guess that in those days it was pretty hard times. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother t- took me in to to relieve my father and mother of uh, work was hard to get there and things weren't so good. And I think that's what really happened. But whenever I got up about maybe 12 months or maybe 18 months, they decided they would try me back in Stone Street again, but it, it never happened. I cried the house down, so they brought me back again. And then when I got up a wee bit, Maybe three or four year old, they tried me again, and every time they brought me over to Stone Street, I run back right across the fields to my grandmother's house. So they decided then to leave me there. So it was always a calling to to be back here. And what, what what I what I absolutely love is that whereas I said in Peter's house, your house is next door, and then you've also got a son that's just behind. That's right. And if I'm right in saying he's an architect and he designed your house right. and his own house, yeah, true. 
that's phenomenal. How long has the, the land been in the family? It must have been a long, long time then. Yes, it was over an acre and a half. Mm-hmm. This was an ex cottage. Right. And how that came about was in the 1914-18 war, my grandfather was in it. So they built these houses for these men coming home. And there's quite a lot of them about Northern Ireland. In fact, if you go down the road a bit there on the Wernstein Road, there's a whole row of these houses, but not, not the same type of houses. Mm-hmm. So they were ex-soldiers' cottages. And my grandma and grandfather lived in it all the rest of their lives. And then when my granny died, then the house was left over to me. And then I put a bit of an extension on before I got married, one thing or another. And before kids came along to, to ruin the house, I'm sure. That's right, that's right. <laughs> uh, but we were talking beforehand, and you were showing me at the back, just here, where there used to be like a wee river, or was there yes, a stream we, or something? We had a river running down here at one stage. Uh-huh. And there was ducks here, there was two or three goats here, and there was hens and chickens. And then my uncle had a pigeon shed here, and he raised pigeons. It was a wonderful set in the summertime because it, 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 I really had a good life, like, you know, yeah. being brought up the way I was brought up. Although perhaps when I got older, maybe I didn't appreciate it the way I should have appreciated it. I was about to say, there's probably so much to get on with back then, wasn't but, there? But, but now it's all changed. When I look back on it, I had a wonderful life. Yeah. And being brought up with my grandma. And being, living still here with your son's as neighbours and your grandchildren well, as neighbours? That, that really happened when my wife died <coughs> 10 years ago. The two boys decided to sell their homes, which were beautiful homes. And then the, the, the architect boy decided that they'd build two houses here mm-hmm. to be near me. I think that's lovely. I would like to say at this stage that my two sons have been really fantastic and really been good to me, and so has their wives. Yeah, I, I can... I know Peter through football, obviously, and we connected through Facebook and things, and I've done a bit of coaching, whatever else, uh, with Peter. But that's the one thing that draws you to it is on your Facebook, Peter. You can just, you see there's a connection. Like, it looks like (laughs) nobody can see what happened beforehand, but it just felt like two old friends speaking. It didn't feel like mom or, you know, son and dad. It was just like friendship, really. That's right. Yeah, definitely. No, no, we have a good connection. David, my brother, has as well, you know. You know, it's 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 more than just family. It's it's you know, he, 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 we can go. You know, we get on really well. But that that all that all goes back to the mother. Uh-huh. She was a fantastic woman, absolutely. Yeah, and I take it that was kind of a a moment that you, whenever they, the boys moved, essentially back home, didn't yeah, you? He's right, moved yeah. essentially back home, yeah. but in different houses. Uh, that's the point where maybe you kind of appreciate it a little bit more, the support that was around you, because it was a difficult time. Yes. Well, sometimes when I talk about it here, I remind them that they haven't paid for the ground rent yet. <laughs> still, still on lease. <laughs> I'm not asking you how much rent they're paying. But, <laughs> um, but just take me back to your childhood a wee bit, because I know we spoke before, um, before we came on, and it was a fascinating story you were telling me about the war, about the times during the war where people that's, were that's saying... the Second World War. Yeah. Although my grandfather was in the First World War, the 1918 war, so he was. Uh-huh. And, uh, but this is the Second World War, and uh, things changed then. Although we still went to school, and people still went to work, there was nothing like this, like it is today, everything stopped. People just went and, and done the things that they used to do, because 
it probably the war was going on somewhere else and it wasn't it wasn't actually here the way this academic is at the minute yeah but in those days uh, there was restrictions you couldn't have lit your lights or anything at night there because the bombers were flying over you you see I never realised that until recently it just came to me I probably was about five year old at the time when the bombers were flying just past past the organ here, maybe the Belfast bombed. We never realised that five year olds were just playing about wanting and it was just mm-hmm. this was all at night, you see. And then but that black eyed blinds on uh-huh. and and you had to cover your, your if you had lights in the house you had to cover it. There was no lights outside, everything if you had a seen it from the earth, everything was in darkness. And that's what they wanted, wasn't it? But that that only it? happened up up until the border. Uh-huh. After the border, from the border right down through the south of Ireland, it was all lit up. You see, they were neutral at the time. Right, and it was all the lights maybe guided them towards Belfast. Then maybe it wasn't there. Yeah. The, the reasons for doing it, obviously. No, no, but no. Um, and as as that time passed, and as you kind of like grew up and looked back on it, was there any kind of um, memories you had of soldiers in the street, or was there anything of that type? Or? I remember the American soldiers coming to learn. Um, they, they had plenty. Of, they seemed to have plenty of money, I say. But not like, like the English boys never had any money, I say. But uh, and they, they were they were great boys for dances and one thing and you know. all. But there used to be a dance hall down Castle Lane in the middle of the town, mm-hmm. and that's where they frequented every Saturday night in the dance halls. And, and they had plenty of cigarettes to give away, plenty <laughs> of sweets too. The youngsters used to go around them in droves. They get sweets off them. <clears throat> I remember the Americans here. So would I. Did they take all your girls? Did the what? Take all your girls. Did you have to fight for your girls? Well, well they probably did take a few <laughs> girls with them, but they, they were stationed in Brownlow House. That, that's, 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 a big, uh, that's the big place for the Orange Order and all that. And that's where they were stationed right. at that particular time. And then they would have travelled from there down to Aldergrove, and then there were probably nearly all Air Force men because mm-hmm. some of their planes was in Aldergrove, you see. And right. But we never thought much of it, like we just passed the time of day with it's them sometimes, the and they just went on about uh, our life. Like, you know? I didn't obviously live through any of that. I mean, no. but I remember whenever I was growing up in Harpers Hill in Coleraine, and we would just see the odd, like, police patrol van or something it wasn't anything crazy but i remember waking up one night in the back garden and not, i wasn't actually waking up in the back garden i woke up and looked out the window <laughs> at the back garden and um i remember seeing two army men in the back in our backyard one with a, you know the big uh, communications pack with a big yeah. aerial in the back but like when you're that young you kind of go did that really happen was that just a dream like you, you know and then i asked my man and dad and they're like i know it's that did happen at stage i tell you another thing happened where the school was concerned they decided to bring all the children out of Belfast. Belfast was getting bombed, you see. <clears throat> and the people here took it into their... To, to take these children into their homes. And I was... I went to King's Park School at the time. And some of my friends were with a boys from Belfast. They stayed here for maybe two years, two and a half, three years until the war was over. Then they went back to their own people again. But there was hundreds of schoolboys, girls, in different homes all over 
the district here. Mm-hmm. That we're going to school here. And I remember that. Did uh, so in terms of friendship wise, whenever you were younger, with oh, friends I definitely. I, the, way, the way we kept friendship up for a good, good while, actually. Uh, and do you have do you, do you have any any friends at the minute that you knew from back then, or no? They're all gone now. All so gone. so you're the, you're the surviving member in many I'm, ways. <laughs> uh, you're carrying the flag. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but just if we move it slightly on a wee bit then if you think about what it must have been like to live through that and then eventually find your feet and go into work because we spoke very briefly before we come on here about what you used to do as a, was that a transport manager or something along those lines well you see that wasn't the first job that I had <coughs> I actually had a job in Lisbon in an aircraft factory right and for some unknown reason, what they were making was, was, was cans for milk. It was not the new aircraft or the department. <laughs> they was the disguise. <laughs> I, I, did, I didn't stay there for too long because it meant travelling up and down to this barn. And then I got a job in, in, a, in a weaving factory on Ireland, down in the other part of the town. And I stayed there for a while. And then this other job came up. And I took it. And I've been with this firm have been for over 50 years with them. And I ended up as transport now, but it didn't start at that. Mm-hmm. They actually started on the continental shifts, which I didn't like at all. Aye. It was 8 to 4, 4 to 12, and 12 to 8 was a real... And you didn't really know what you were going to be doing from week to week? That is right. <clears throat> but, but through the years, and, and I ended up with a good, a good job, a day job, and... I probably really enjoyed myself. And, mm-hmm. But one thing came out of it, and I had many Roman Catholic friends whom I worked with. And to this day, I still keep in contact with them. Uh-huh. And some of them come up to see me. Mm-hmm. And I had some wonderful friends. Some have gone too, and I've been at all their funerals. And recently, uh, one of the, the boys' wives died there, and I couldn't get to the funeral, of course, but I ring him nearly every other day to say that he's all right. Mm-hmm. Had some wonderful friends down on the other end of the town. Yeah. And I'd like people to know that because well, during, even during the troubles, they looked after me. Like mm-hmm. We would have went down to that factory sometimes on the, on the night shift and the snipers would have been on the roof. It was unbelievable, like when you. But then boys seen that they got home all right. Uh-huh, they looked after you. They definitely. But I think that's what. I mean, I don't know obviously a lot of the history because I didn't live through it. Yeah. I just know what you read, but I think what we have today in terms of friendship in our society, I don't think it's as strong as the friendships you're talking about no. because you've lived through a hell of a lot more than. Most no, and you know the true value of it because no. you just spoke there about your friends and that. But that's classes. something they can't take away from me. Like they can, they can try to do whatever I want to do, but they can't take that away from me. Yeah, but some of them boys never was anything, nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes it makes me sick to hear people talking about religion and one thing and all, but. Problem is, you're t- if you're born, if you're born, what you have no control over it. Like, ah, exactly, exactly. But Hello? see, when you were growing up, Peter, then because obviously yeah. your dad's had quite a, let's say, a eventful life with what you've lived through, because you've lived through parts of the World War Two, and then obviously all the way through the Troubles. Um, has 
the stories that he's had to tell, has, have they been kind of enlightening as you went through younger years? Is there anyone that stick in your mind that you can recall? No, I, I, I just know when we were growing up that, that you know, my dad worked, like I was, I would have went down sometimes with him to Glen Dennings on a Sunday, and, you know, down and check things were out and, you know, and, you know, as I said, I, I grew up here all my life, you know, Toby and Liam, and, mm-hmm. and we had, you know, great times here, you know, really good times. Yeah, and that, that's why I think it's so special. Like you're, you're back here, you're living here, and now you're raising your children on the ground that you were actually raised on as well. Yeah, right. I think that's quite special. Yeah. But, um, so take us then, so you went through that journey of uh, starting work and then moving to the factory or the place you worked at for yeah. 50 years. When did your wife come onto the scene? Well, you see, I, lo- I love singing, you see, especially singing hymns. I love singing. But I sing songs too, like, you know, because... Are you going to tell me you serenaded her? You got down on a knee and started singing to her and she fell in love with you? Is that what you were going to tell me, is it? No, I'm not going to no. tell you. I'm not going to tell you. But, but during my, my days when I, wasn't say, when I wasn't a Christian, you see, I, I followed... What do they call them? Followed the Foster deep, and Alm. Foster and Alm. Yeah. And they were beautiful singers. And what I liked about Foster and Allen was they sang songs that there was meaning in. Mm-hmm. Not to these boys that day, they're singing songs and they don't know what they're singing about. <laughs> I'm sure you must go crazy well, if you hear the grandchildren's and some, songs. <laughs> and some of the hymns were the same. Some of the hymns are singing, you, you can't even understand them. Apart from, but but I, I followed them boys, you see. And <laughs> it's wonderful that because... When we come to the sea, demons was one of them was one of them was because of of Mechadot, so uh-huh. it was. But there you go. But I I follow them and I, and I, I love singing. So I do. And uh, uh, my father was a beautiful singer. So was one of my sisters. And, and I just grew, I just love singing. And I love to hear good people singing. Aye, and that was where the love of it came from. From, right. um, from a younger age That's and right. would you be singing around the house would, the, would your wife go a little bit crazy the odd, the odd time at you know oh, we so used to sing together oh you did but I tell you how I remember uh-huh. I, I was engaged to another girl nobody knows about her they don't think he knows about her well there you go it's a revelation for you now well, he, he knows it now <laughs> I was engaged to another girl when, when I became a Christian when I got saved you see Things changed a whole lot. I can tell you maybe more about that later on. But uh, I started to go with this girl, and for some reason, oh, we got engaged, and I don't think we should ever got engaged. It didn't last too long, so it just broke up. But then, as I say, I was in a Bill Voice choir learning, and, and we used to have all the Bill Voice choirs of Northern Ireland once a year. They would have had a festival, you see. And this year it was in the Hill Street Presbyterian Church, you can see it from there. And we sang on, on, the th- on a Saturday night and Sunday night. And coming out, there's another wee girl who's in the home at the minute, Helena Ruddle, introduced me to this girl. But I had really known her that because we, we used to go about, you know, after we went to, to the, the meetings and all the time, we came out and went into the chip shops and went, what was on about the girl? But she introduced me, so I walked her home that night, and then she was from Dallingstown. Now, that, what I can say, Dallingstown is about 
about three and a half, four miles away. <laughs> so so nowadays we wouldn't be walking. <laughs> no. We walk, we'd be getting the car going, so but, but, that's four miles away. But I must have walked our home that night. Yeah. I, I, I can't remember much about that night, but that's when it all started. Right. And uh, we had one together for over seven years, and the boys used to keep, keep up me about it. About, but, but it had nothing to do with putting the wedding off. The reason for that was my wife was doing exams to become a nursing midwife. And she found it very hard to do that, so I decided we weren't going to do anything, weddings or anything, until she got her full, all her full exams settled. Mm-hmm. And the, the main thing of it was is they, they were all settled a week before we got married. Which meant when we went on the honeymoon and came back, we had all jobs. And, uh, that's the way God works sometimes. But uh, but I had a wonderful life with her. I, 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 can't, I can't explain it to you. Mm-hmm. She was a wonderful mother and she was a wonderful wife. And she was a wonderful nurse too, so she was. And I'm sure that she would be absolutely ecstatic the fact that you've done what you've done with your album and you're still she enjoying your singing she as well. And yeah. uh, what was uh, what was your favourite song? You said you sung together. So what was your favourite song to sing together? Is there one particular or did you just do a number? A song? Aye. All the years of my life was my favourite song, yeah, wasn't it? There you go. Foster Nolan sang you that. Mm-hmm. I will love you all the years of my life. And I'm sure you can probably recite it word for word still, huh? Well, I can't. That, that's one thing about me. I, I I can't understand how these boys get up and sing hymns and songs after songs after songs. And no, no, I have to have the words, words in front of it. Well, I actually think that says a lot about your talent because if I was reading something and trying to sing it, I'd probably sing it as I was reading it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it wouldn't sound as if I was singing at all. Um, but no, I think... That that is a fascinating insight because um, you don't you don't hear those stories you don't hear but people's wonderful past, stories you know, wonderful it. life holidays and everything uh-huh. of course I have to state this that the Lord the Lord was in everything in my life and her life uh-huh. so it was down through the years because you said you know previously that before you you became a Christian was there a time before that where there was a bit of uncertainty then you decided or something happened that you thought that this was the right way to go. Well, I tell, I tell you what happened. I, I never thought I was really a bad fella like you know, but uh, I, I, are you, you going to tell us some stories that might get you in jail here, are you? Just so we no, can censor this? No, no. no. <laughs> well, you see, I, I never had much time for church life, really. Maybe I went to church for no time, one thing and all I got there. Mm-hmm. But as the years went on, I I can remember... You know, we might be sitting in the house some nights. It was all right through the week, but at the weekends, everything seemed to go wrong. I was in places I shouldn't have been, and one thing or another like that. Everybody's probably like that. But one particular night anyway, what I'd have to tell you was, for my, my job in Clendenning's factory, I took a part-time job in a, in a public house mm-hmm. in Queen Street in Lurgan. It's not there anymore. The IRA blew it up. But, and the wee man that owned that was called John McCann. And you can go to any oldish person in Lurgan and they know who Jimmy McCann is. 
And I was a barman in there for many, many years. So it was part-time barman at the weekend. But after we had finished on Saturday night, I, I ended up in places I shouldn't have been. The grandma didn't even know. Some Sundays I wasn't home. <laughs> Sunday night and things like that. But this particular Monday night, I was standing in the bar. And was, we, we, we would have been down occasionally through the week just to see Jimmy, you know. Although we would have been woken at the weekend. And this particular night, uh, I was in drinking a, a, a beer. And as I was drinking, there's two girls, two Salvation Army girls, came in through the little door. It was at the side up a lane at the back bar. And one of them reached me an invitation and said on it, this is life. And it was an invitation to a meeting, a mission for two weeks this month to move from America. And she reached me one of these and I said on it, this is life. And suddenly a word came from somewhere, I don't know where it came and said, well, you, you haven't got life. You have only in existence. You live all right through the week and at the weekend you go somewhere where you shouldn't have been. And as I, as I, as I was looking at it there, the, boy, the man that owned the bar said to me, boy, what's wrong with you tonight? I says, Jimmy, I don't know what's wrong with us today. I think God's speaking to me. I don't know where I got them words from. And you know what he said to me? This was a Roman Catholic man that owned the bar. He says, well, if I was you, if I was you and God was speaking to me, I think I would do something about it. So the man next to me was, was drinking too, which I knew he owned a chip shop in Lurgan. Berkeley Castles, I called him. He says, do you want to go to that mission tomorrow night? On, on Tuesday night, that was Tuesday night. He says, my wife sings in the choir, and that's what she says. You call. Well, you where he lived. He lived in Queen Street. You call. And you can go with her. I says, fair play to you. I'll do that. Right. So I got up the next morning, I wanted to my work, and I had a pack of cigarettes in my pocket. I started to... Smoked the cigarettes and I put the cigarette in my mouth and burned the tongue off me. And instead of maybe throwing the cigarettes in the bed, I give it to a wee Roman Catholic fella. He says, you, you better smoke them because, you know, there's the way things happen and I don't think I'll need them anymore. Uh-huh. So I went to the meeting that night. The preacher opened his Bible and what did he text, take as his text? John 14. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that night I trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, but life changed. And the boys, in the fact, they gave me two weeks to keep it. <laughs> and that's 91 years ago. <laughs> and that's where it all started. And that's how I met my wife. And that's... And I, 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 I don't disagree with everybody that maybe doesn't trust Christ, but I tried to influence them. There's a better life. And I could I could tell you today as I'm sitting here, I know what's going on around about me. I really believe in my heart today that God will not anything bad come to me unless it passes out. Mm-hmm. So people's going astray about this thing and that thing and everything else. 
and I've put my trust in God. And that's where it is this very moment. There is there's a lot to be said about having a faith or a belief in something that allows yeah. you to continue through your life in a, in a, in a way that is more fulfilling for you. Um, and obviously some... But you don't try to, 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 to dab it down people's throats. Yes. You, you live before them mm-hmm. and do whatever you can for them yep. so that you can win them. Yep. I, th- I suppose that, all of that mixed together is where this came from. That is right. So uh, the longer I serve him, by Robbie Hare. That's right. Well, well Peter started it right enough, but we have we have a, a, a young. I call him a young fella. He's not that young. <laughs> that sings in the church, uh-huh. uh, and they call him Philip Bowles. Beautiful singer, and he had something to do with that too, because he used to go down to the church every Wednesday when he was singing and meetings all over the country. And he would have practiced the hymns he was going to sing on a Wednesday night or he was going to sing on a Sunday. So this night he invited me down to the church. He says to Philip, you need, you need to try to make me sing my back and table because I can't sing my back and table. I'll sing by the organ or the piano. He says, you're talking a lot of nonsense. So he started me on this back and table. That's the hymn that, that's, yeah. that's the hymn it was. The longer I serve yeah. Mm. And little, little did I know he was changing. He was changing the back and forth to suit me. And one week he put it on Facebook, and that's where it all started. The power, the power of social media. Hey? You wouldn't, you wouldn't have that back in your your younger days, would you? No, really? I wouldn't. Um, and then Peter came on the scene. Then, yeah. See. And then Peter, you can tell in the story what happened on the morning. Andreas was supposed to bring me out. Yeah, and no, we'll, we'll do it later on when, right. when, when, when we do it later on in the podcast. All right, talk through that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's another, another story there, but yeah. Yeah. Um, whenever whenever you were downstairs, Peter, looking for a lead that that I eventually would need for the link everything up here. Um, your dad said that he had you had him all over the place. You had him at RTE and all, everywhere else doing all these interviews and, and the Belfast Calligraph, the Lurgan Mail, the newsletter. Were you ever asked for any autographs? They don't only ask for your signature at any stage. Well, they've asked for my signature on this here, but it's very hard. <laughs> it's very hard to do with the matter. There you go. And see, with with the idea behind um, the album and the songs that are on it, I would imagine that the hymns that are on there are your favourite hymns, hymns that you yeah. have sung and learnt over the years, yeah? That's right. Aye. And is, is there any one that, that sticks out? You know, you said that the longer I serve him is the one that Maybe got you towards the last, doing the album. The last time I'm not sticks yeah. out because it, it involves a wee organist that, that, that used to play in the church. Right. He was only around about 50, I think, when he died. Beautiful musician, absolutely fantastic, and a beautiful fella. Helped me nearly all the time he was in the church. He helped me just to sing right, you see, uh-huh. this fella. On this particular Sunday night, I knew, I looked at him, I was doing, I was, I always done the courses, you see, in the church, for years, right down through the years, before the meeting started, quarter to seven, ten to seven, before the meeting started to get the people to sing, you see. And this particular Sunday night, I, I noticed that he couldn't get his left foot down onto the organ, I was sitting in behind him. Little did I know, it was the last night I'd ever see him. Wonderful fella. 
And I remember what Neda said, Chiriotim will see you on Tuesday night at the Bible class. <clears throat> and it came to Monday morning, the pastor rang and said that he had died in the Royal Victoria Hospital that night. Mm-hmm. And that's the song that I've dedicated to him, I've, I've, that last one. Always there for me. I, 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 would, I would only have sang the courses in the church, but mm-hmm. there's two verses and all that now. So that's the one that really sticks with you and resonates with you. That's right. Um, so getting it all together, Peter, you've kind of been the uh, brains behind the operate. Oops. I, I've, I've, manager. I've, I've been the manager, I've been the promoter, <laughs> I've been the, 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 the salesperson. I think I've been all everything, but no, really enjoyed it. Yeah. And uh, obviously, living through this age of technology and Facebook, you know the power of it and you know how it can spread. Well, in the case I got there, where my dad started off with, with, with Philip Bowes doing the, the wee one online, it hit, it hit something in the region of 7,000 people. Wow. And wow. It, just, it just went viral. And mm-hmm. I mean, and people were just liking it, liking it. And, and again, he done another one. Uh, and it and then what happened was through through the, the the COVID thing, my dad couldn't get into church. So I said to him, Dad, would you like to do something? Because my dad loves doing the community singing on a Sunday night. That's and everybody loves him for it, you know. And that means a young person, older person. He just he just does that way about him. And I says, right, Dad, what we'll do is we'll do we'll do I'll video it. I'll put it up on Facebook and we'll do these every Sunday night. So every Sunday night he was getting 2,000 hits. You know, people, because his old hymns, people were missing it from the church. And it went viral too. And, and a lot of them started joking about it. When's your album coming out? You know, so, um, you know, this is one special Beverly Emerson. Actually, she was, she was joking, but she meant it, you know. And uh, so then we thought about it. And then, as I said, then it came on to... Um, my dad was 91 there in July and um, the Connor Phillips show was doing things for people, you know, on a Friday, he did a special thing on a Friday, which, um, you know, surprising them and they were done. And then I wrote, a, wrote an email in them telling them that my dad's 91th birthday and he's been doing this and the hits he was getting. So he contacted me up, he says, um, um, we're, we're good to go on this. And what we'll do is we'll get um, Tony Allen, who lives in Lurgan here, actually. He lives in Lurgan. So Tony Allen then. So I couldn't really do it at my dad's house because it's so open, as you know, next door. So David's well done to David's house because he's blinds at the back in the wee garden. So what we've done was uh, we'll put Tony and his wife in the garden. So then Connor phoned him up, talked to him. Next minute, opened the blinds. The next minute, Tony Allen and the wife was there. So then... And my dad then sang a song that he loves after all these years. And then we got talking to Tony afterwards. And then Tony, I said, Tony, uh, you know, but my dad would love to do a CD. He says, why not go and do it? So then he he, he put me in contact with a, a guy and, and carried off and set it all up. Set it all up. Brilliant. And it was a... Uh unexpected in many ways I mean, because you said that you know the stuff with Facebook and it went going viral and all of a sudden people ask you when's your album coming out and then it comes out but um, just let give us a little insight to the, the sales because you were telling me before with the pre-sales and stuff yeah pre- pre-sales had about over 200 and we got 500 and 
because sometimes when people don't know, the more you get, the cheaper it is to actually get the CD. So we're sitting at the minute, very, you know, we're nearly all gone. We're thinking about, about four or five left, and I've ordered another 200. So that was that was out just the week before Christmas. So that's how many has gone so far. Like. Tell them about the, the five pieces that went missing. Yes. Right. <laughs> so when we were making it up the first time, um, with a guy and Kai Duff. They call him. Um, so we went down there and met him and we'd done five five uh, songs and two weeks later then I got a message telling me that the whole machine crashed everything gone. Oh. Right? So then he put in contact with uh, <coughs> Fourth Man Studios and Tandra Gee and, and that's when they done it and I tell you the truth I think it was a, you know a blessing in disguise you know because he, my dad knew him he's actually I think my dad taught him in Sunday school Right. So that you know, there's a wee bit of history there too. So as soon as we walked in through the door, um, you know, he was really at home, and plus also it was close to home as well. Yeah. So very good. And uh, <laughs> what was it like being in the studio? Because you're always in church, you know, when you're in front of people, and uh, I, I guess in a studio there's, well, there's the, nothing. The folks, the folks when I put the the folks on was very at the start, but but this fellow in Tandra Gay. He would actually, for by putting the music on, he would have conducted me. He had he had a strange thing on the, on the, on the recordings that I was doing. There was a second noise to bring me in the right place. I could have sung with him all day. It just it just it just happened. My God, I just can't understand. But he, this this fellow is fantastic. It really is. Absolutely out of this world, yeah. I suppose with the success of the first album, you know what my question's going to be now, don't you? Is there a second album in the well, I'd pipeline? I'd love to do a second one. They, they, they have, him and, and Bowles and these people have, have strange things in the often, but yeah. I'd love to do a second CD next Christmas, but they're made of something else, and I don't know. Uh, is there is there Peter manager manager Peter we'll call him manager Peter I think will we? Uh, yes, he wants to do another one, so he's he's already picked out songs he wants to do. So you know, I think uh, if he wants to do it, go and do it. Especially in these times, I think if you, if you want to do something young or old, go and yeah. do it because life's too short. And but 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 I have to state that the two singers that I have on with me there. Mm-hmm. They're not on too much with me, but when we don't, when we when we done the launch for it in the church, they, they sang a few pieces on their own. There's, there's a girl there called Victoria Saltzis, and that all we follow Bowles. They're two of the best singers in Northern Ireland of the gospel. Absolutely, mm-hmm. no no doubt about it. And it's it's nice that they're supporting you and you're supporting them as well. Which yeah, is- so they, they ask me, you see that night, you see. Why did I pick them? Was it I that wouldn't have bought the CD for me? Just singing on today. I picked the two best singers because I knew they were bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's, I, I think it's really nice that my dad's 91 and um, Victoria and all are in the mid 30s or late 30s. It's lovely to see somebody young and somebody old singing together. It just has that, you know, it catches you in, you know. Oh, what a fantastic night yeah. it was. It does, and I think the other the other part of it too is that there it's so inspiring yeah. to to hear somebody who has went through life as you have Robbie with 
what you've been through and then finding God, as you said, you explained earlier on, and now you've been able to turn that into something that's going to essentially help others potentially Wonderful. in whatever situation they're in. And now with the second album coming on, well, I'm... I'm saying there's a second album coming well, along. So. I'll, I'll, I'll bet you you're not, <laughs> if you're not in America, of course. <laughs> of course we do more society. <laughs> well, if it, if it does happen, I want some credit, put it like that. Um, but the other, the other part of it, I think, is like I said, it's so inspiring to find to see somebody who... It, it can be very easy for you to turn around, Robbie, and say, why would I bother doing that? Sure, I just do it in, in church, and no, that's I'd, where I do I'd, it. But, I'd love to do it. I'd love to go back to that following again and, yeah. and do it, because... He was so he was so kind to me. I just I know I had to pay him and all that, but that didn't really worry me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just he was so kind and and he he put me on a pedestal that I, I never thought I'd ever reach. You know what I mean? Like it just yeah. it just, it just gave me. I just I can't I can't find words to to really thank him. Yeah. Uh, his name his name is. Paul, isn't it? Paul, Paul Gardner. Paul, Paul Gardner. Yeah. Uh, there you go. So, um, Paul Gardner, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. thank you, because uh, obviously you've allowed Robbie to go forward and oh, get his dream of a CD. Yeah. And I just want to quickly round us up um, as we finish off, because no matter what someone's life has entailed in the past, there'll always be a, a chance for them to do or to change their direction or opinions and That's decisions right. as you did that one night in the bar. That is right. Um, and there's also that opportunity that if you believe you can make a change, right. then you will be able to make a change That's right. just as you've done with your yeah, CD. Yeah. Is there anybody who benefits off the proceeds of yeah. the CD and what way does that work? Alzheimer's. Um, Alzheimer's. So any money, money raised from it goes to Alzheimer's because my mum said mum died with it eight years ago on my dad wanted to do something, and this this is just ideal for what he wants to do. And um, also, I forgot to say to you, he, he's putting pen to paper to his book. Uh, we're hopefully starting when when the yes, lockdown. Yes, wow. so you've been mentioning the book. So the book the book is coming out. His life story in his book is coming out. Small book, not a big well, one. Uh, if it's anything like the the CD, it started off with ten and ended up with twelve and. So I don't think it'll be a small book. <laughs> so that's our next project. There uh, is to write a book um, wow. of, of what's going on, and and you know he wants to do that there and and get that done. So that's our next project. Wow. Well, I I have absolutely no issue saying this. If there's anybody who's listening to this and you are 16, 17, 18, 19, early thirties, early forties, and there's something you want to do but you can't be bothered doing it, if that doesn't inspire you. To go do it, then you'll See, never I, do it. I've, I mean, only, I've only one one passion from now to the end of my life mm-hmm. is, is to show my love for people, mm-hmm. especially people who are on the wrong road today. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of people that I'm after. And that, I mean, I don't think you can do much more than put in your life in a book, Sweet. and potentially that person reads it or hears your music, yes. and then that that changes their path. Yeah. in life um, any closing remarks guys anything you want to finish off with anyone closing remarks anything you want to say to the people listening or anything you want to close off with with a well I'd like to th- I'd definitely like to thank everybody that, that, that was part of the CD mm-hmm. especially my two singers I think they were wonderful yeah not only great singers but personalities mm-hmm. fantastic I'd love you to meet them someday, but yeah. 
And I'd also thank the church too, the, the elders and the people in the church too. They've been very good to me down through yeah. the years. Like, you know. like, you know, my dad My dad has been a member, my long member in the, in the church. Though. 61 years. 61 years. There you go. I remember, and then a deacon of many years, about 40-something years. Over 40 years. Yeah. So it's not too many, especially in this day and age where people move churches and yeah. where my dad has stuck to one church for 61 years. You don't get that. No. You definitely you don't. don't. You don't get that kind of loyalty anymore. No, no I think. you don't. No. And um, yeah, I, I just want to thank you for sharing your story and inviting yeah. me up um, to well, share. Not it. at all. It's a pleasure. So uh, it is. I'm going to put you in the spot a wee bit, Robbie. Right. Right. Is there anything that throughout your life experience, if somebody came to you and said, tell me one life lesson, one thing that you've learned through your life that you would like others to know, would you have one? Is there something you tell your grandkids or you tell somebody who's looking for some advice on life? I, I don't think I should hear much more than what, what I've already said, hmm. but uh, as I said before, I like to go out to help people. And, and, and my ambition in life is to help them so much that... They'll go the right road instead of the wrong road. Yeah. Just that's only that's only the ambition that I really have. Mm-hmm. There's um I spoke about it in our my last podcast, just as I finish off this one. Um there's this idea, there's a South African philosophy for life, it's called Ubuntu. And its main purpose or its main saying is that I am because I am, you are because you are. We are all one. There's no difference between the two of us. Right? So I can be all that I can be. Because you are all that you can be, right? Yeah. And there's no one or the other better than the other, right? We're all the same in that way. And what you just said there reminded me of that because you've just said about helping people and helping along. And I think particularly in times like this, in a pandemic where my generation certainly hasn't experienced something like this. I'm not sure if you have lived something like this, Peter, before. Um, You you know, you've had the experiences of living through the troubles and also the wars. So maybe there's comparisons there, right? But that that's the one big thing for me is that if at any stage you can do something for somebody else at the expense right. of your own yeah. time or whatever it may be that, that you can do it love to help people yeah definitely do that's it my wife has my wife has put that stump on me from the day i got married she helped everybody so. uh-huh. and that legacy has been left now yeah. so, and it also has been left Probably in you too, Peter, with the voluntary work you do at the football club, you know. Cause well, as I said, my mum my mom was a district nurse around this area. Um, still up to a few years ago, we, we was, my dad would still get presents brought them because my mum looked after him. My mum was one of these people who just, I'm nipping out for 10 minutes here, 20 minutes. Yeah. And I went and seen a patient from earlier on the day. You know, that's that's what she was. And I think I'm a wee bit like that there too. I would, you know, my wife gives off to me that, you know, you're helping that club out again or you're helping that person out. And there's jobs in the house to be done. But I, I, I've got that from, from my parents, you yeah. know, that, that, you know, it doesn't cost you anything to go and help somebody. They're going to put somebody's bin out. Or, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that's, I, I feel as though nowadays with young people, they don't have that. Sure, that's what happened to me one day. I have a habit of putting all the bins back in it. Right down the road there, you see. Mm-hmm. And this wee girl and her husband hasn't been long here. <clears throat> and she couldn't understand. She found out, you see. I didn't know. And Christmas came, not this year, last year. 
when she walked up the podium with a basket of fruits. <laughs> What's that for? She says you put my bins in every Thursday. There you go. That's that's community for you as well, isn't it? That's, that's lovely. Um, oh, dear me. So I will. Uh, I'll just wrap up like I said earlier on. So I, I thank you for for sharing it, and oh, I thank Peter for the invite. And um, hopefully, when people hear this, if they want to get in touch, I'll maybe include some of the contact details in the show notes, which will be yep. aside yep. when people can download it um, and can listen to it. And potentially, when we get it edited, we may also put it in video form up on YouTube for people to yep. watch as well, and. Um, and they can get in contact with you and look for hopefully purchasing some of your CDs as well. Definitely, as I said, I've ordered another two hundred there, and the more we sell, the more it goes to Alzheimer's, and that's that's what we want. You know, the more money goes to them, the better. Do you know something? When I was listening to Robbie speak, um, I couldn't help but be transported back to being a child sitting on my granddad's. Uh, arm of his, of his armchair in his front room sort of perched up which sat right beside his window overlooking his back garden in direct sight of his uh, pride and joy at that stage which was his greenhouse he used to grow tomatoes and stuff in it at that time there would be grandstand on mute on the background and I'd listen intently to stories of him stealing jam jars as a child and selling them to unbeknown strangers jumping over walls and fences through gardens chasing his friends into muddy fields and for that transporting me back there I can't thank Robbie enough um, when you don't have that in your life it's very very difficult to try and feel those experiences again because you can't you can't formulate or um, make up the context of that time but sat there with Robbie when he was speaking it was it literally did just transport me back to being that six seven year old uh, with my granddad so as I said that was a really special special moment for me um, and it was such a pleasant experience to have sat in his company and for him to have shared his story. Uh, most remarkable, I think, is his energy and his enthusiasm for life. And what you don't see through the audio, obviously, is uh, the unbreakable bond between father and son. They're so, so close. It's such a, a close-knit friendship. That's essentially what it is. It's a friendship. Um, and you see Peter supporting Robbie and you see Robbie correcting Peter, Peter correcting Robbie, so it's a really nice uh, relationship that they have. It works really, really well, and there's so much respect and love there. Um, if you so wish, you can contact Peter across Facebook to uh, purchase an album to help Robbie with his fundraising endeavors, because I know for sure that both Robbie and Peter would really appreciate it. If you have any messages of support or any feedback you'd like to give, I know both Robbie and Peter would love to hear from you. You can contact me through all the socials, through the podcast, or even through my own personal socials, and I will gladly pass it all on and one thing before i sign off this episode is a reminder to head over to facebook or instagram to follow and interact with garth fox and his socials to help give him some support as a means of a thank you for his support of this podcast as always you can find us across all social media platforms it would be awesome if you could like share comment and retweet plus you can now subscribe to our youtube channel we'll also find the video of robbie's interview uh, you can interact with that you can share with that you can comment under it which would be nice And until next time, thank you once again for listening and I hope you have a great week.